0: We'll read again from the Gospel according to St. Luke. The same verses in chapter 1, verses 8, 9, and 10. And it came to pass that while he executed the priest's office before God in the order of his course, according to the custom of the priest's office, his lot was to burn incense, when he went into the temple of the Lord. And the whole multitude of the people were praying without at the time of incense. In our Daybreak series, we've been studying the book of Leviticus, which made reference in the last few days to this A golden altar of incense where zacharias was serving this particular week of the year and we can learn uh, some things from the manner in which zacharias uh, approached god and the manner in which uh, worship was to be conducted in the temple we see uh, praising uh, rather than begging We see continual uh, thanking rather than always asking. When we come into the house of God like this or watch a service like this online or listen on the radio, it uh, hopefully inspires us to worship the God of heaven. We appreciate the music. We appreciate the testimonies very much. I'm glad Cameron hasn't had any bad days. But hopefully we achieve the goal of giving glory to God. Life, uh, Life's challenges has a way of revealing uh, what exists within. And what exists within will, well, that's what will come out. We want uh, praises to God to ascend from our hearts to heaven. And uh, those are the Prayers that please the Lord. Well, we learn about this golden altar of incense from Leviticus, but also from Exodus. In Exodus 30, we see where the Lord said, Thou shalt make an altar to burn incense upon. And I'll paraphrase or skip or read excerpts from some of what I've, I have here. A cubit shall be the length thereof, and a cubit the, the breadth thereof. Four square shall it be. So, a cubit, we say, is about 18 inches from the elbow to the fingertips, depending upon how long your arm is, I guess. But it gives you an idea. A cubit square, and uh, the height of it shall be two cubits. So, 18 inches square. 36 inches tall and it was somewhat of a um, a tray if you will that would, would be deep enough to hold uh, coals that were taken off the brazen altar this this golden altar of incense was not an altar where animal sacrifices were uh, presented it was consecrated by the blood of those animal sacrifices but this golden uh, altar of incense had a very uh, specific role in the in the temple of worship. And we read that there that Aaron shall burn thereon sweet incense every morning and again every evening. It shall be a perpetual incense before the Lord. There were I don't know how accurate it was, but it makes sense at least that there were thousands and thousands of priests during the days of Zacharias. 18,000 is what I've read, but how accurate that is, I can't be sure. But by this time, the descendants of Aaron, who comprised the priesthood, were many for sure. So it, it was that very few in their lifetime had opportunity to fill the role that Zacharias was filling this day. They were uh, chosen by lot, so the uh, lot fell on the family of which uh, Zecharias was one member, and then fell upon him to uh, serve on this particular day and perhaps this particular week. so his job was to burn the incense it was to never go out uh, the the fire uh, of the coals was to never go out, and the incense was to continually ascend up before God. There was a formula. The Lord said to Moses, Take unto these sweet spices, a formula for the incense that is. Four spices: Dacty, and Onica, and galbanum." these sweet spices and pure frankincense of each shall be of like weight so four components equally weighted and they were formed into uh, some sort of a a solid uh, material and thou shalt make a perfume a confection after the art of an apothecary tempered together pure and holy and thou shalt beat some of it small and put it before the testimony in the tabernacle of the congregation where I will meet with thee it shall be unto you most holy and we see a few days ago what happened on the day of atonement where they were told you shall take a censer full of burning coals fire from off the altar before the Lord And in his hands, full of sweet incense, beaten small, bring it within the veil. Once every year the high priest was to go within the veil. Otherwise, this golden altar of incense was outside the veil. But they were to take a censer. And uh, some of this, uh, well, first some coals from from off the altar and put it in this uh, handheld uh, censer. Go into that a most holy place where the, the, the Ark of the Covenant was, the mercy seat and the cherubims that looked down upon it. There God had promised, I will meet with thee. So we don't know that uh, this day was the day of uh, atonement, but we, we see in uh, Hebrews 9.4 that uh, the censor was within the veil. So either they replaced it every year when it was okay to go in uh, once a year or uh, some surmise that they reached under the the curtain and uh, withdrew it and used it. I have doubts about that, but either way, they uh, the order was very much uh, important. It needed to be followed uh, for God to be honored. God still has order. And we see what happens when Uh, god's order is respected and we see what happens when god's order is disrespected in this case the lord stipulated the the incense formula the manner of its use the source of the fire and the officiant in the same leviticus nadab and abihu two sons of aaron The Bible says, took either of them his censer and put fire therein and put incense thereupon and offered strange fire before the Lord, which he commanded them not. Here they were a key, well, they were sons of Aaron. Aaron's descendants were to make up the priesthood. They were the right people, but it's possible they used the wrong censers. The wrong incense, certainly the wrong fire, and the wrong time. And they became an example of dishonoring God's order. They were consumed by the fire that they uh, that they used. And again, we see King Uzziah, who was strong and lifted up in his own eyes. And he transgressed the Lord and went into the temple of the Lord to burn incense on the altar. Well, he was withstood by a courageous priests who told him, though you are king, you are not the priest. You have no part in this. This is not your role. Leprosy struck him. So the outcome of him dishonoring God's order wasn't good. And again, in Numbers 16, Korah a Levite he was not uh, he was a Levite so he had a role in the temple worship but he was not of the priesthood he was not a descendant of Aaron he uh, recruited Dathan and Abiram and others and together they recruited 250 princes of the assembly famous and renowned at least in their own eyes if in nobody else's eyes And they gathered themselves together against Moses and against Aaron. It didn't go well. Moses said, well, let's do this. Because they told uh, Moses and Aaron, you take too much upon you, seeing the congregation is holy. We are well equipped to serve God as well. Well, that part might have been true, but they were not uh, chosen to serve God in the manner that they aspired to. So Moses says, take you censers and fire and incense, and we'll find out who God accepts and who God rejects. So they did uh, just that. As Moses said, you take too much upon you. Well, they they paid a dear price, as did their their families. But in Zechariah and in Elizabeth, who was also a descendant, of aaron we have a contrast they were examples of those who whose lives gave glory to god we see uh, that they were both righteous uh, we heard read in the scripture reading before god and walked in all the cam- commandments of the lord and, and ordinances blameless it's possible that righteous was man's assessment of their character and of their uh, work ethic. And blameless was God's assessment of their hearts. Uh, Either way, they had a grasp of spiritual matters and uh, honored the Lord in their service to him, and God honored them as well. While he executed their office in the order of his course, as the lot fell upon him, we heard, read, that his lot was to burn incense when he went into the temple of the Lord. There was the outer court of the temple, and then there was the temple itself, which had two compartments, the holy place and the most holy place. The most holy place was where the high priest went only once every year. The holy place is where they ministered daily. That was the role of Zacharias, to uh, take that incense uh, beaten small, and put it on the coals of that uh, small altar and let the the fragrance as well as the smoke uh, ascend and uh, be used in the service of God. So that's what he was doing that day. Uh, Meantime, in verse 10 we read, the whole multitude of the people were praying without at the time of incense. Praying people. We, We read that God had been silent for 400 years. There had been no uh, prophets, uh, no visions, no encounters that, that we're aware of. So God was silent, but his people were not. His people were praying people, and those are the prayers that uh, please God. We pray whether we hear from God or don't hear from God. We know God exists, and we know that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. We may see evidence of uh, his presence or his blessing, or we may uh, see a lack of evidence. But uh, by faith, we we believe that, uh, and faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Uh, Faith is not what some call blind faith. No, we have the assurance. We have the confidence. We uh, even have evidence of his existence. The, The heavens speak of the glory of God. christmas season gives glory to god the lord speaks to our hearts at different times over the years so uh, these people prayed they they knew that god would answer their prayer and they longed for the day when the messiah would come we read that elizabeth was barren and without child and they were both elderly by now and so it seemed impossible but when the angel appeared to him at the right side of that golden altar of incense as he was ministering there He declared to Zacharias, thy prayer is heard. Some hold that he was praying for a child. Every um, woman hoped to be the mother of the Messiah. I have doubts that that was his prayer. I think his prayer was uh, praying for the hope of Israel, praying for the time to come where the Messiah would appear, uh, praying for the redemption of God's people. But well, whatever it was, his prayer was heard. And the angel said, I am Gabriel that stand in the presence of God, and I am sent to speak unto thee and to show thee these glad tidings. And the glad tidings were that his wife would bear a child and that he would be the forerunner of the Messiah that Zacharias had longed to have appear upon the scene. Well, the, the people waited. Zechariah apparently doubted. Well, not apparently, he doubted that his wife uh, would bear a child. It's too late. It's not going to happen. Those are my, that's my language, not his. I don't think uh, it was just that way for, for him. He just, uh, God used that. For whatever reason, God uh, chose that he would not speak. So they, they marveled the people outside praying. They, they were done praying. They wanted to, to go home for, well, they were done praying. Anyway, uh, they marveled that he was so long uh, in, in the temple. It doesn't take this long to perform the task of the priest when he uh, presents this uh, incense on the golden altar. So when he uh, finally came out, he, he could not speak. And he did not speak for nine months or longer. I have a feeling Zacharias was the kind of guy that wouldn't have said a lot anyway. But they they marveled, and so uh, he motioned or signed to them in some manner that he had had this uh, vision, and so he fulfilled his course, which is ironic because in order to uh, be a, a priest, to fill these roles, you had to be physically Shall we say unblemished, perfect? I think a lot of us wouldn't have even come close to being qualified. We would be, well, we would be eliminated for a variety of reasons. But he fulfilled his his course, and uh, then went to his house, and sure enough, Elizabeth was with child. And it came to pass that uh, after the child was born, it came time to name the baby. Well, Gabriel had named the baby. His name should be John. That's his name. Well, when they came to the naming, they assumed that his name would be after that of his father, Zacharias. But he asked for a writing tablet, a sign for a writing tablet, which he was provided, and he wrote down, his name is John. Not his name shall be John. His name is John. And his mouth was opened immediately and his tongue loosed and he spake. And what did he say? Praise God. He was doing at that moment what he had been doing nine months earlier as he ministered at that golden altar of incense, uh, sprinkling that incense on those hot coals and uh, watching uh, the the uh, smoke, uh, sand, and the fragrance uh, go up before the God of heaven, uh, symbolic of uh, praises and thanksgiving that are continually to be emitted from our hearts before God. That That's what that symbolized. That's what was to be done. I don't know that all the priests did that, but Zacharias did that. And in a, in a day where there was a corruption in the order that God had chosen, there was one man and more than one man. There was one man and one woman and those who were praying outside uh, that understood what this was all about, that this worship of God was to be a continual, perpetual praise and uh, a heart of thanksgiving before him. So it's not uh, surprising that the first words out of Zacharias were probably the words that were in his heart the entire nine month period. Praise God, thank the Lord, glory to God, and that is uh, our role in the worship of God when we come into the house of the Lord and when we uh, hear the vocalists. We've said it before. We don't want to say, "Wow, what a what a what a singer." We want to say, "Wow, what a God." Uh, we probably don't say, wow, what a preacher, but we want to say, wow, what a God, even if we uh, have to be inspired here and there uh, along the way. He wasn't in the holy place right there when they named the child. He, he had no incense. There, there was no censer. There were no coals, no altar. We lack all of that as well. But we have the capacity to fulfill what God designed by all of that when we utter the praises to God or if we cannot utter them, that is what emits from our heart. Just a heart full of gratitude. We heard it exemplified uh, this morning, when we hear a testimony of things that went wrong, and, but what did we hear? We're, we didn't leave remembering the things that went wrong. We left uh, remembering how God got the glory out of all of it. That's that sweet fragrance that rises from the golden altar uh, of incense. Uh, David uh, said, Let my prayer be set before thee as incense and the lifting up of my hands as the evening sacrifice the symbolism of the golden altar of incense is not lost on us atonement was achieved at the brazen altar where the uh, worshiper was uh, at least ceremonially reconciled to god it addressed the sin both committed sins and uh, the sin nature but by the time we go to the golden altar, that symbolizes the consecration that is made perhaps through the the spices beaten down where we die to ourselves that so we might live unto God. And when we approach God, it's not all about continually <clears throat> asking. It's about continually praising, continually thanking the Lord. <clears throat> used to be you could clear your throat without even thinking anything about it, but 2020 has changed that. Hasn't it? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord for 2020. Well, we have so much to give God. Thanks for, Oh, you are an apothecary. You are a, a chemist. If you will, you are to put together the components of your life, whatever they be. And, uh, Let them be beaten small and let them uh, be something that can be offered upon the coals of the golden altar so that the fragrance that ascends in that cloud before God ends up being prayers that please Him. We all qualify. You may not qualify for the priesthood but you qualify to be a priest after the order that Peter spoke of. You're a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar or a special people. What for? That you should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into the marvelous light. That's what was happening after Jesus ascended on high and The uh, disciples, the 120, went to that upper room and they all continued in one accord in prayer and supplication. And we read from Luke's gospel, that's from Acts, that they were continually in the temple praising and blessing God. How do you approach God in the morning after you uh, rub your eyes a time or two and stretch and realize that your heart is still beating and you're still alive? I hope what comes forth from you is glory to God. Praise be to God. That is that a golden altar of incense in operation. What do you, how do you uh, approach God at night as you uh, go to sleep? I hope it's praising the Lord and thanking the Lord. Why, well, we thank the Lord for our day. We thank the Lord for our season, the Christmas season. Uh, we thank the Lord for our hope. We, we have a hope of the Messiah returning we thank the Lord for our church. We thank the Lord for our brothers and sisters in the Lord. We thank the Lord for uh, being, uh, the fact that we're surrounded with praying people. We thank the Lord for we have a sanctuary in which we can drop to our knees and and pray. Where if we're uh, watching from home, we can uh, have an altar right where we're seated and uh, look heaven's way uh, together. Those are the types of. Uh, unceasing prayers of gratitude that are represented by that golden altar of incense. Perpetual praise. Whatever life uh, presents can somehow uh, be uh, part of the component of that uh, incense that ends up being uh, something that can be uh, pleasing to God by the way that we embrace it as from God. May the Lord help us to praise him, thank him, uh, give him glory. We've done it throughout this service this morning, and we'll have a time to do it at prayer as well. We have an invitation song for here in the sanctuary. You're invited, everyone, to pray.